This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Bill Barcioni, and um, we're going to have an amazing conversation, but we always do. Health, wealth, love, work, and spirit. Yeah. Everybody wants all of it. Well, you pointed out that I sort of offhandedly mentioned that we are always praying for one of those five things, and that made you go, how about that? And if there's a sixth one, or if there's another dozen of them, I'd love to know what they are. Those are very, very broad categories. And what we discovered is that when people come looking for prayer, or in fact when they're looking for any change in the experience of life that they're having, it pretty much fits into those categories. I agree with that. Yeah, when you said it, I thought five things, that's all we... <laughs> that's it, you know, because when you when you think of the five most important things in life or that are most important to people, I thought it's got to be more than that because the world is crazy. So, you know, what else is it? It's got to be something else. Like it's war and ends of wars and people are pissed with everybody right now. Um, but when I named anything that I thought of, it fit in one of those categories. Yeah, and the intangible things that we want, like fame. You know, when somebody wants to be famous, which one of those is it actually serving? Because people think that they want to be famous because they're going to get more love, or sometimes because they think they're going to get more money. In some cases, they are interested in actually doing the craft that they're going to be famous for, in which case it's their work. But being famous in and of itself is in one of those categories. There's always something underlying it, and it fits into one of them. And sometimes it moves back and forth. When I ask the kids in my teen group if they want to be rich and famous, they say, yeah. Okay, why do you want to be famous? I understand rich. And almost always the famous came down to things that would come along with being rich. Oh, because you make a lot of money. Well, you already got, the, you got rich covered. Oh, well, because you get the great table at the good restaurant and get into the club. It's like, well, if you're rich, you can do the same thing. So that was really, for people who aren't famous, it's really intangible about why they want to do that. And then we get into a conversation about giving up your privacy in order to be famous. And it's like, oh, that doesn't sound like a nearly as much of a, as good of a bargain as I thought. That's a little bit more of a mature perspective, though. You know, I'm thinking about my sons when they were chasing fame. And one of them, they're not that far apart, but they had different reasons. Mm -hmm. And one of them was clearly interested in the women that fame attracts. Mm -hmm. You know, as though he wasn't going to attract women just walking down the street because he's gorgeous. Mm 
So he he right. created this whole thing to be famous. And, and for so him, it was about the love. It was about the love. And, and it makes sense because he's cuddly. <laughs> so is anybody out there looking for a husband, you know... <laughs> Get in touch with me. I'm taking resumes. <laughs> Contact Mama Carol. I told him if he wasn't married by 27, I was going to post it on Facebook and take resumes. So he's 35 now. Every year I have done that, and he just loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're making him famous. Yeah. Okay, good for you. Back to prayer. I'm praying um, for him. You're praying for him. and. Yeah. The prayer can't be for him to have a relationship with a specific person who you've picked out. The prayer would be for him to have his perfect relationship and to have his life fitting together in a way that brings that joy and enthusiasm and upliftment to him. And the five categories are really interconnected. I have a research project that I'm in the midst of devising, a scientific experiment that'll be one of those double-blind studies uh, where we can scientifically prove that prayer works. And it's really squishy. And one of the things that the scientists like to do is they say, okay, we'll, we'll, we've got these five categories, and they agree. And they say, so we'll pray for these people, and it'll be in one of the categories. And then we'll just we'll run the entire program on that, because they like to nail down the variables. But you can't do that. If somebody comes in, and the challenge that they're having right now is that they are lonely, and they want a relationship. So we do the prayer in the re for a relationship, and they come back two weeks later, and they've got a relationship now. They're, they're with somebody, but they don't have money to go out and do stuff with them. So immediately it changes into their <laughs> prosperity. So we do some prayer for prosperity and continuing the prayers for the love, and everything is fine, and then somebody gets sick. And then the rest of that stuff doesn't make any difference because now it's about being healthy you know, or their newfound partner being healthy. So it keeps on bouncing back and forth. And, and some things fit into multiple categories as well. It, but it, it's, well, you're right that it's all connected. But that's just, that's just life. You know, we're at different stages, different stages of desire at different points in our life. But not only that, probably at different points in the week, oh, in it, the month. It, it, it varies from moment to moment. Yeah. The stuff that yeah. we've got going on. You know, there's a, everything is going along one way, and I'm thinking about you know, my finances, and then there's a phone call, and there's been, you know, somebody's dealing with a horrible, tragic thing, and suddenly I'm in, in a completely different mindset. So, okay, so this just occurred to me. So you edit it out if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I edit nothing. <laughs> I have been accused of being a Bible head, right? <laughs> okay. So... So a lot of times you'll say something and a scripture will pop into my mind, you know, and I used to dismiss the the popping into my mind thought because I said, no, that, that scripture thing and all that, that's what led me the wrong way in the first place, and I'm not doing that anymore. But I have since, as we said, you know, I threw out the baby with the bath water, I went back and got the baby, and use those thoughts that come to my mind and run it through a new thought grid if I'm able to do that. If I'm not, I put it on... I come to you and lay it on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Bible head. But, what, but I said all that to say, you know, I explained what I'm getting ready to say. As our desires change moment by moment, you know, the Bible says that we ought always to pray and to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. 
And so what you said makes that scripture make total sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, because uh, when you, and I'm, I'm making a contrast, and maybe after I get down the road in New Thought five or six years or ten or whatever, I won't do that so much. But in teaching that, uh, in churches, you don't really always say what you're supposed to pray for or how. You know, it's the, like the how-to is left out. Mm-hmm. Even though there may be a formula there, the formula is very general. So when you were explaining the five things that are important and how they change over time, and then you said, moment by moment, you know, the light bulb went off. Yeah, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And the fact of the matter is, there is a creative process that is always at work. The process is initiated in consciousness. The cause is always in consciousness. The infinite said, let there be light, and there's light. It starts with the intention, and the same thing is going on. Our thoughts are causative, and the beliefs behind the thoughts, what we really believe that's firing our thoughts, that's causative. That's always creating the experience of our life. So pray without ceasing sounds like instructions, but it could as easily say, you are always praying without ceasing, so pray for what you want. Uh, yeah, you know what? Don't gloss over that. No. I'm, that is, that is so People spend a lot of time praying for what they don't want. Yeah, but even what you said before, you know, you said that we are, it's a creative process that's always at work, and if everything we're doing or thinking is a prayer, that explains why some of what's happening in our lives is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does indeed. Wow. That's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I love going through scripture and working out what kind of uh, an idea we're dealing with. My claim is that everything in scripture is either historical, metaphorical, or metaphysical. And the historical things are the Jewish tribe lived in this particular area. And that's kind of historical record. And you can go back and find some of those places. And you can walk from Nazareth to Jerusalem. Then you can do that today. So that's historical. And those are like fact-based things. And then there's metaphorical stuff. For example, when somebody asked Jesus why he spoke in parables, he said, because you won't understand if I just tell you the truth, so I have to tell you a story. And so the parables are metaphors, and they're not historical. And then there's the metaphysical stuff, like pray without ceasing. That's metaphysical. An instruction on how to use consciousness and the creative law in order to create the life experience that you desire. It's not historical, because it's pray without ceasing. If somebody thinks that prayer is when they're going to be on their hands and knees, pointing in a particular direction, saying particular words. You can't do that without ceasing because at some point there's some biological need to do something else. Hmm. Even if you can pray and eat at the same time. So the big mystery in the Bible is whether something is historical, metaphorical, or metaphysical. And as long as we understand which is which, then everything becomes understandable. If somebody's talking about how to treat your slaves and how many wives you're allowed to own, or whatever that is. That's historical, and for the time, that was an acceptable concept, even though we can't look at it in the book now and say, well, that's the way it still is, because that's the timeless truth. No, that was historical, that was then. 
things have changed. There have been earthquakes and volcanoes. The, the shape of the planet has changed since the book was written. Our understanding of the universe has changed as well, so the historical stuff doesn't apply. The metaphorical stuff, we have to understand the stories, and those are also in the context of the time. The metaphysical stuff is timeless. I like that. And you're the Bible head, so you'll be able to go through the scripture as it comes to mind and categorize. <laughs> <laughs> another, another task, which I will thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're going to do it anyway, but now it can yeah. be a task for you. Yeah. Let's take a break and then come back with some more stuff for Carol's to-do list. <laughs> as though it's not enough on it. <laughs> Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Bill Marcioni, and I have a question. Okay. We talked about the five categories that everything seems to fall into when we pray. Yeah, so, health, wealth, love, work, and spirit. Yeah, so why do we have those categories? They're somewhat arbitrary. It helps us mostly when we know what it is that we're praying for, which of those categories our affirmation or our realization is going to have. Then when we start our prayer, the first step is that recognition of the infinite power that is God, source, nature, spirit, whatever. What we can do is choose the appropriate aspect of God for our prayer. So that when we are talking about that infinite creative power, if I'm looking for a relationship, then I'm going to talk about God being love, God being harmony, God mm -hmm. being that divine and perfect unfolding. Because the second step in the prayer is where I'm going to identify that because this is an infinite power that has created everything, and it is love itself, it has created me and I am love itself. That's the important part. That's the link that we're making. I am that divine love expressed in unique and individualized form. And the perfect person for me is God's divine love expressed as her. And it's not like I have to go out and find her. It's like the infinite power that is creating everything can just bring us together. Yeah. So 
So there is an, an element of faith there because, again, while you were speaking, I, I told you I write down stuff that you say, and, <laughs> and then I'll put an asterisk beside it. If it's like if it's three asterisks, it's really important. Make sure you you ask him the same next time you see him. But you said um, one time you have to start with a healthy way of thinking. You know, so when you were speaking just now with step one and step two, it in order to understand or make real step three, it's like that whole faith thing you have to have. Yeah, yeah. When I say an affirmation that's positive, powerful, personal, and present tense, that's causative. That's the actual... <laughs> Sometimes people hate when I use the word payload. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what our prayer is delivering. It is that affirmation. And if we all are, already have a tendency towards believing that, then we can just do the affirmation. I am prosperous, and that's fine. If we doubt that that's true, then what we want to do is pack that inside of a prayer. Because if it's just me claiming prosperity in the middle of my life, while I'm especially if I'm not experiencing it, then there's going to be worry, there's going to be doubt, there's going to be fear. There's going to be all of those feelings of undeservability and less than and whatever. And that is why when we're doing the prayer, I am prosperous, we start by turning our attention not to the love that's God, but we turn to the infinite abundance that is God. We turn to that mm. creative power that has shared itself and created galaxies and, and is, is making new galaxies. It has clothed all of the lilies in the field, to give you some more scripture. It has put leaves on every tree on the planet. And there is so much plenty. I mean, sit there and watch a snowstorm come down and completely fill up the entire landscape a foot or two feet deep. It is an infinitely abundant source of everything. And knowing that, and knowing that I am connected with this infinite abundant source, there is plenty of that divine substance to make a new star. There's obviously enough to pay my mortgage. Yeah, that is so important to know what you think about God so that you kind of know what to expect or know what you can expect. And I think if you never spend time with that peace, then your faith is kind of weak because you don't know what to expect. It, it turns into hope. Like, I don't like this word hope. I never did. I, it's, <laughs> it, it's nice, but it's always like, you know, a gamble. Like, I hope it happens, but, you know, I don't know if it really will. Is, is different than faith. My mother um, is just a, an incredible woman of faith. And I remember that from when I was a child. She didn't worry about details about anything. Mm -hmm. She would just say, oh, this is going to happen. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And my father would just go nuts. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was Baptist turned Pentecostal, which is like a special kind of faith to me. My father was Methodist all in his head. So it's like, you know, how is this going to happen? She never knew. It's just, this is just how it's, and things would just unfold for her. Yeah. It, it just didn't matter. It's like, like God is good and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I've told you my joke about God's first name, right? No. I know God's first name. What's his name? Howard. Howard. Our father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. <laughs> That's the joke part of it. God's <laughs> name actually is Howard because God is the Howard. Okay. God knows how this is going to work. 
God is the how word. And when we set our intention and open ourselves and invite some new experience, the how is taken care of by that infinite creative power that created everything. And, and I don't know how to make a galaxy myself. I'm very happy that there's one to live in. That's that is the Howard joke. I'm still on the <laughs> I'm still on the Howard joke. And I can't wait until the podcast is over and run tell my husband <laughs> about yeah. that. But yeah, um, and I love that one because you get to start with a joke and end up with a really strong metaphysical teaching moment. Because God is the Howard. Yeah, God is the Howard. So I'm so busy laughing. Like, did I lose my train? <laughs> did I lose my train of thought here? So we were. You were talking about step one and step two, kind of not morphing, but giving um, credibility setting, or or step up. two, step three. Yeah, setting us up to, to believe the affirmation or realization step. Yes. So you, it's all connected. You know, I've been at this a while trying to get this. Uh, practical prayer thing down I think it's because I'm in my head too much because once I blur the lines it works better yeah yeah um, Ernest Holmes very uh, clearly said change your thinking change your life and what he really meant was change your belief change your life because when we're stuck in our head and we're thinking about this stuff it doesn't do anything oh here he here said, he says we can we should spend much less time thinking about this stuff and much more time practicing it. Mm -hmm. And in that he was completely correct. Uh, one when we're teaching people to do prayer and and diving deep into it, understanding the process is important. Being able to craft a, a good uh, affirmation or realization step that has the four P's that's powerful, positive, personal, and present tense is really important being able to identify the aspect of God that we're going to focus on in that first step of the prayer is important. Connecting them all together, being able to do the process is great. But what really makes it happen is when we fire up our belief, when we feel the fire, when we do the prayer and the change is just obvious inside of me when I'm doing the prayer. It's like, this is something new and it's operative now and it's happening. And I completely surrender any disbelief and I'm completely in that space of faith that the newness is happening. And that's what invites the transformation. It's, um, you know, this is painting with a broad brush, but it, it's almost like a way of, it's a way of thinking, but a way of living. Yep. You know, yeah, because I can't tell you how many times a day I refer back to this. And I have the steps, like, everywhere, you know, and I'm looking at them and thinking, Sometimes I'm a little off about something if I'm writing something and I'm where am I off on these five steps? Mm. And then I, you know, go back and say, okay, I got the God piece, right? I know who I know who God is and I'm cool with that. Where am I disconnecting with the attribute of God that will help me through this? There you go. And it's so that's cool, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And based on what you said, it sounds like you have had more and more of a tendency to be there as time goes along. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the end result of that process is pray without ceasing. Well, I just made that connection today. So I'm going to have to work with, with that one because that's what it is. But I wasn't yeah. consciously thinking about that. Well, it's not happening because you suddenly thought of the scripture. 
It's that you suddenly noticed that that scripture was true, and that's the process that you're involved in. So, you know, potato, potato. It doesn't matter which one started first. That's the evolutionary spiral. As you're on this path, the more that you practice, the more practiced you become, and the more natural it is, and the more muscle memory you have. And the easier it becomes when something happens to stop, drop, and pray, and just be mm -hmm. there in the prayer, rather than saying, oh my God, I need to do a prayer, where's the book? <laughs> Let me look something up. Yeah, you know that stop, drop, and pray thing? I gotta tell you this, you said that early on, like really early, early, and I'm thinking, I don't know how that's gonna work. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I've I taken everything and I'm trying to figure out, okay, where does this fit? And you just can't do it all in one fell sweep. But anyway, I got it now, right? So all in my office, I had the steps and, you know, in the bathroom and in the kitchen and a couple other places, just in case I get a thought. <laughs> And you need to take them through the process. I need to take it through the process. Usually it's it's an area, it's something that I'm confused about or something that I really, really want to work out. And I tend to live in uh, the urgent mode, which I'm learning to get out of that and, you know, release the control freaking me and all of that stuff. But that's another conversation. But this practical prayer is helping me do that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Because when uh -huh. you're a control freak, you don't give God a chance to work. Actually, what you do is you in create an incredible set of hoops that you expect God to jump through in order to get what you want. Exactly. You do what I say. I already thought about this, God. All I just need you to do is make it happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the other possibility is to say, this is the sort of thing that I would like to have happen. And I'm going to let the how take care of itself. Because I can think of a way that that can happen. But there may be a dozen other ways that that can happen. One of the mental exercises that I like to do with students is to say, if you have a two-ton boulder and you need to move it a mile, what's the easiest way to do that? And they'll say, get a truck, or they'll say, you can maneuver it this way, and whatever, you know, there's all kinds of different suggestions, depending on the amount of manpower or horsepower or machinery that's available. and I say you can gently push it off the edge of a mile-tall cliff. Because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say which direction the mile was going to be or any of the rest of it. And most people don't think of that. Mm -mm. And it's actually pretty easy. I mean, not for the people who are at the bottom of the cliff, but <laughs> if there is anybody. But that's using the circumstances and the natural laws that are already there to open up a channel for something new to happen. Mm. Yeah. You know, how do you move 10,000 gallons of water? You open a valve mm -hmm. and let it go. I mean, it's just, it might take some time or it might be a really big valve and a big pipe, so it won't take that much time at all. Yeah. It's much less stressful. Yeah. And to think, oh, moving that much water, I mean, it's going to require pumps and infrastructure and hoses and... Mm. No, maybe just... It's a matter of digging a little hole in the dam. Yeah, guilty, because I would have been thinking about all those other pieces of equipment and the safety of everybody and everything around, and it would... <laughs> there are yeah, hats involved. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> well, let's take a break and come back and do a prayer for effortlessness. 
effortlessness. Okay. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now at GodCall.org. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Bill Marcioni, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for effortlessness. Effortlessness. Yeah, and that was kind of what we were talking about in the previous segment, because, you know, God is the how word. God is going to do whatever it is that we are inviting. We don't need to figure out how it's going to work. Although our ego tells us that we can, and then tells us that we should or that we must, and we spend a lot of time figuring stuff out. And we're welcome to do that. Sometimes it's fun. There are, you know, people like playing games and doing puzzles. And it's because there's a challenge to it. And we like the, the effort of the challenge. And that's great when it's recreational. And we're welcome to do that. I know people who describe themselves as troubleshooters. And what troubleshooters need in order to do their work is trouble. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, uh, a diagnostician, a doctor who's a great diagnostician, what he needs is a steady supply of sick people to mm. diagnose. And that's okay, because those are specific roles that we put ourselves into. And it's not necessary. If there's a task at hand, and I can figure out exactly what the scope and nature of the task is, and how much energy and resource is going to be required to accomplish this and figure it all out, and then get to work with it, that can either be a job that I can enjoy doing, or it could feel like struggle. And what I'm saying is we don't need to do the part that feels like struggle, even if it's our job, even if it's something that we set out to do intentionally. We can allow it to be effortless. The success to come with our participation, and it just doesn't feel like a struggle. It's still our work, it's still our creativity, but we don't have to, we don't have to force it. We can become partners with that infinite power and allow the good that we're looking for to show up in our lives through ways that it might be exactly what we would have figured out. You know, we think of 10 different ways that this could go, and it might wind up being one of those. Mm -hmm. Or it might be an 11th. It might be as easy as opening the valve and then just letting the pool fill up. You know, I didn't have to carry that water. <laughs> So the prayer is for effortlessness. And it's in whatever it is that we're involved in. 
And it becomes really obvious that when we turn our attention to that infinite creative power that creates everything, this is the source of everything that exists everywhere. It is that which began with only itself and an idea of let there be this manifest universe. And it activated a creative law that responded to that intention to create this manifest universe. And everything that exists everywhere is that divine power and presence sharing itself. This is an intelligence that knows how to make galaxies. This is an intelligence that knows how to make life and has demonstrated so over and over and over again. This is an intelligence and a power that can evolve and reveal and express itself in new and different ways, in lots of new and different ways. This is a divine power and presence that has a history of revealing itself in infinite different ways. It's all that one expressing itself in unique form. And everything that exists in the universe is that one taking form. And that includes me. And that includes everyone who is listening to this prayer. We are all individualizations of that divine power and presence. We are not just connected to it, we are it in individual form. So whatever the new invitation, the new experience that we're inviting into existence happens to be, it is not I that do the work. It is that infinite creative power that's doing the work. I get to set the intention for how it's going to feel, how it's going to look, how it's going to unfold in my experience. And I let go of the details. I let the divine take care of the how. The how is none of my business. If there's something for me to do, something for any of us to do, steps to be taken, we're guided to those steps and we take them. And we take them effortlessly. It is our participation in the creative process. And it brings joy in the process and it brings success and fulfillment of whatever the desire happens to be. And that works in all the areas of our lives. It works with our health, with our wealth, with our love, with our work, with our spiritual connection. And for health, it's any aspect of our physical well-being. Or that of our loved ones, or those who we are inviting that newness for. And we don't need to know how it unfolds. Health and vitality is available, and we can claim it. And so to whatever degree is appropriate, we are claiming that now. Wealth is all about our finances, and about our feelings of enoughness and prosperity and richness in all areas of our lives. It's not just about money. It's about that feeling of having adequate supply. Love is all of our relationships with ourselves, with our loved ones, with our family, with our neighbors, with our colleagues. It's all of the relationships that we're in. And those can unfold in ways that are as good as we can possibly imagine and even better. And we don't have to struggle to make it happen. And our work is our creativity, the way that we are sharing that unique combination of gifts, skills, talents, that is God expressed as me, as each of us. And our prayers for spirit are about even further deepening the awareness of the truth that we are that divine power and presence unfolding and expressing and revealing itself now. So in whatever area we are inviting newness in our lives, it's already unfolding. That infinite creative power that creates everything is creating it now for each one of us individually, for all of us together. And there's no need to struggle. There is no need for any struggle or delay or problem or difficulty. 
There is an infinite creative power that is creating this newness now. We are each doing our part. We are taking the steps that we're guided to take. And for the rest of it, we're getting out of the way and letting that infinite creative power do its thing. And this good is unfolding now, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the awareness of the law. I'm grateful for the insights and the guidance that's coming to each of us. And I'm grateful for those wonderful new experiences that are even now unfolding in any of those areas of our lives, in all those areas of our lives. And so with gratitude for this good, I continue the process. I speak this word of intention into that same creative law that has created everything and know without any question whatsoever, it is creating this now. I let it be. I know it's so. And so it is. Amen. So it is. That was phenomenal. The Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.